Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, I've been discussing gear and hunting tips with others on Go Wild. It's a free social media community for hunters. Uh, it's also just honestly a great place to chat with other hunters, uh, find tips, and you can even buy gear. Uh, if you haven't noticed, even with like social media crashing this past Monday, uh, Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp all crashed, uh, people flocked to Twitter, but a lot of people flocked to Go Wild. And the conversations there are just so natural and organic. You're not going to get throttled for posting things and pictures of deer and such. Uh, but the download link is in our show notes, so check it out there. Or go to go wild, or sorry, go to time to go and uh, go ahead and check it out. You can search for it in the app store as well. And when you do sign up for your free account, you'll receive a ten dollar gift card to spend on Go Wild's outdoor gear store. They got lots to to look at there and, and a lot of ways to spend your money this season. I encourage you to go check it out. This is the OKS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, if that's just me in the freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter. Hey everybody, welcome to the OK Asunder podcast. I almost fucked that up. <laughs> I don't even know what podcast I'm recording for. <clears throat> I'm your host, Eric Clark, and today is Tuesday, October 5th. So we're, what, approaching that October lull that everyone likes to talk about that I don't believe in. <clears throat> uh, shout out to Backwoods Grind Coffee. Use code OHP for 10% off. Go to backwardsgrind.com. Scoop yourself up a bag. Scoop some of that in your coffee maker and have energy for the entire day. Shout out to Drop Time Spirits. Those guys keep us uh, going dry here in studio, which is great. Always drinking some bourbon of theirs. And a huge shout out to Spartan Forge, our presenting sponsor. Go to SpartanForge.ai. You can use code OHP for 25% off. And uh, they did really well with their launch. It took a long time because Apple is Apple, which I've communicated the folks that listen to the show, but if you're on the app and the platform, you can recognize and see the difference quite literally in their maps. They're visually far and away from what you're going to see elsewhere included in the, the subscription that you'll pay for. Um, but they had a really good response out of the gate. So in about two to three weeks, you're going to see an iteration based on their beta testing and all of the folks sniffing out all the bugs that are not using it. So uh, I'm on there, I don't know, a lot right now because I'm doing a shit ton of e-scouting and hunting new properties. I've already hunted twice this season. And hunted two or three different properties already, so it's been good. Uh, we have a guest with us today. Let me unmute you, Jared. Jared, 
Mother F in Norwood. What up, man? Happy to have you. So Greg and Derek ditched me again this week to go hunt, which is, you know, one of the few acceptable excuses for not co-hosting a podcast that's about deer hunting is to go hunting. Yeah, you got to you got to have that. You can't blame them. You really can't. I have to say, though, man, you've been hunting twice, man. Those are rookie numbers. You got to bump those up, bro. Three times. <laughs> Three, Three times. Three times. Oh. Two weeks. That's okay. That's good for just having a newborn baby. Very true. Very true. <laughs> I, I'll give you that. I, I had forgotten about that. And, uh, yeah, it's hard to get out there. My kids are old now. I had kids young. So, you know, I, I get to I get to go out there a little bit more. Nico just commented that he had four sets on – Four sets and on deer every set. I don't know if you said Nico, that's awesome. Good to see. Uh, how, right. and... What were you going to say, Jared? I said, you got to interview him. I, I've had several sets where I didn't see a thing. I didn't even see a mammal, a couple of sets. Why don't you kill one? We shared that pack, yeah. uh, your e-bag full of a deer carcass, and people freaking went nuts over that, man. <laughs> it's not like you have likes or something. What's so funny about that, if we can go into that, is I have a I have a whoop ass pack for packing deer out, but uh, I'd shot that deer that morning and made a uh, okay shot on it, and uh, he was right he was trying to bed down right underneath my tree, and you know every year we we start September first, um, you can go to the urban hunts, so this deer comes in, it was the first I forget the first time I sat this new parade new new place, I had this deer on camera, I mean he's no monster, but I take him. Um, uh, but he's trying to bed down with me and uh, I draw back and, you know, it's the same low, you know, it's top 10 territory. Uh, I put it right on the front of his shoulder and I shot and I hit back. So he, he often, it was a bad shot. So uh, I saw him go down to this little Creek and I was actually coming back in with the old sea bag that was full of corn. That's how I put my corn out. Cause you can freaking chuck full of corn. That almost broke your shocks. There you go. So uh, yeah, exactly. So I, I take the corn down there and, uh, you know, I was like, well, I, you know, this deer has been shot for eight hours. You know, he's got to be down. So I walk over to the Creek, you know, bag on my back. I've got my bow, my releases in my pocket. I've got a cover on my sight. I look up and the deer is standing in the Creek 30 yards from me, looking the other direction, drinking water. And he's, he's in a bad way. Anyway, so I had to shoot him again. And uh, so then I already had the sea bag down there and it was, I had to hike up a damn mountain after that. So I was like, well, Hey, he's getting cut quartered and put in the bag, man. And, uh, and you know, that's the rest of the story. <laughs> it's like unintentional use of that bag turned out to be mm -hmm. pretty uh, great. A lot of people love that. And that's, I have a sea bag here. I haven't, I was like, shit, that's a really good idea. I actually <laughs> owe one to one of your listeners too. And I, I, I regrettably have not sent that yet, but I've got his address and uh, cause I've got like five of those. Oh my God! Family was in the military. I want one. I'll send you one. Um, they're great. Uh, they're great for those two. Things. I like. I put a bucket, fill it full of corn. I can walk in, put the corn out, hide the sea bag, cover up the bucket. You know, be out of there. You know, and that way I'm not driving a four wheeler in there, throwing. You know, doing all that crap. So. Yeah, yeah that's great. Hey, by the way, uh, for the listeners that are starting to tune in on live stream and the folks that will hear this in podcast land, this is Jared Norwood, a good friend of mine out of Arkansas. So Jared being down in Arkansas, his cold fronts are a little bit different than ours here in Wisconsin. We were just talking about temps before we got started. So I was saying, oh, cold front's going to move through next Monday. It's going to go from, you know, 80 to 60 degrees or, you know, high 70s to 60 degrees or so. And he's like, yeah, we're having a cold front right now. 
What are your temperatures after your cold front? 77 is a high tomorrow with, uh, with a lot of rain coming through tomorrow. Right now it's 82. And this weekend, Saturday, 90 degrees, low of 67 with 100% humidity. Gross, dude. I see that is a very different style hunt. So I thought it'd be a fun topic with you because just the climate is so different that I think you actually have to do things quite a bit different than we would up here. I went hunting Friday night and it was like 79 degrees. And had I had a shot on a doe, it was a doe fawn. I was kind of like, man, hmm. late in the day, it's super hot. If I shoot this thing, I don't have a butcher to take it to right now. I'm going to have to shove ice in the cavity. It's going to be a nightmare. There's mosquitoes everywhere. I got bit on my hand. Still, so I was like, it's like swollen, man. I still have like bites all over my hand from holding my bow. And uh, it was freaking miserable, dude. I'm just mad at Mother Nature that the temperatures aren't dropping. I don't know how you deal with that. Like as just a, that's the consistent. That, I mean, that's the consistent. So when I killed the two deer earlier this season, it was 93 degrees both days. When I shot both of them, 93, it was 90, it was 80 something when I shot the buck, 90 something when I, when I actually found him, shot him again. And then when I shot it, I shot the doe the net, and I donate all those uh, Arkansas Feeding the Hungry. They make snack sticks out of them, give them to uh, schools that for kids that don't really have a meal at home, you know, things like that. So it's an awesome program. Shout out to them. But uh, I shot that doe an hour and a half before uh, daylight uh, ended, you know, so that evening. When I got to her, she was already swollen. Like she'd already started to spool. That's two hours. She was covered in flies. I mean, it was, it was, it was bad. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, we don't have our first frost until if we're lucky late October, but usually it's mid November. And even during our rut, which is the second week, you know, peak ruts about the second week of November. It's when rifle season starts here. Um, you're, you're apt to have 30 degree swing in the day. So you'll start off maybe in the forties if you're lucky. And then, 70 80 degrees sometimes and we we popped off 90 degrees in november um there's usually several days in december that are pushing the 70s so when you think about that from a hunting aspect um with that big shift i mean thermals come into play um your wind is never i mean you i have six wind apps and none of them are ever i was i was in a tree the other day and i shit you not i was dropping milkweed and I had a wind hit me in the face, wind coming off the lake hit me in the back. And then the thermal was pulling down this little drain that I was in. So my milkweed was literally just spiraling up in the air and then dropping down and going every which way. So, I mean, you know, scent control in that kind of heat, it's out the door, man. You can't be a scent control Nazi here. I've said this before, you know, I love, I'm a big fan of Eberhardt, but uh, it ain't happening. So, especially. Yeah, well, you'd, be, you'd be sweating your, your balls off. Wearing any of that stuff oh, yeah. to like hold it. In. I would, I don't know what they have if they have like, you know, early season lightweight gear or something. But yeah, when you're sweating buckets like that and the wind's doing all sorts of wacky shit, how are you controlling any of that stuff? So what do you do, man? Like, cause the deer know if you're in the area, but you, you're a killer. Look at your wall. You got your walls yeah. littered with bucks and you yeah. just killed that you threw in your sea bag. So you're doing something like, right out there. Like this one right above me over here. It was like directly behind me. And I was the earliest mature buck that I ever killed and, and I hunt Arkansas too so these are all like every buck that I have up here was at least four and a half years old now not not now I will smoke a six point quicker than anybody on this podcast so don't don't that these are just the ones that made the wall but um 
you know, I think it was it was 86 degrees when I shot him. He was my target buck that year. We didn't have a lot on the farm. And uh, he come in eating acorns, and he was directly downwind to me. And where my thermals were running, I mean, so, I mean, it really is. I'd rather be lucky than good any day. I try to set up for the best wind. I try to play the thermals in my advantage. Uh, I set up on a lot of drains, a lot of creeks and things of that. Because that's another thing I'll get into when it get into, like, the landscape of here in Arkansas. And then I've hunted Texas, Mississippi, and um, some other places. And it's it's kind of all the same. But uh, when you think about that, you, you set up for the, you know, the best way you possibly can. But you just got to understand that it's going to shift on you. I rarely have a sit that I don't, I don't at least get one or two deer that, that win me, um, you know, and you got to play that into, you know, a lot of people like to hunt feed trees here. Uh, uh, Richard Fox, a, a, a big feed tree hunter here, and he's on a lot of podcasts. Feed tree like, what, like a thing that just spits out food for him or something like that? Is that what you mean? So, so a feed tree here is going to be your oaks, red oaks, white oaks, uh, no, water oaks, uh, whatever, uh, oak tree. Um, that's generally the highest protein that you're going to get in where I hunt. I hunt in southwest Arkansas. Mostly that's where my big deer lease is. Now I go into uh, eastern Arkansas. That's where all the ag is here. We're the rice capital of the world. I mean, we're known for ducks. So that's where everybody and their mama goes to, to shoot ducks every year. Yeah, Oak Tree Dream just said, yeah, temps were great for a duck opener, which I know they're in Wisconsin. They're in like the northern part of Wisconsin or mid, mid-state uh, Mawson area. Yeah, so, and then the duck season starts a week after deer season rifle open opens here so it's usually cooler then but even then you know duck hunters hate it when the it gets real hot around here too because then the bugs come into play you know i have a billion mosquitoes and black flag black flies on you but uh you know with the with the whole wind thing i mean it's, it really is this is a turkey shoot you, you set up for your best case scenario, but then you got to understand that it's probably going to shift on you at least twice, uh, especially as the sun, when the sun goes down, the temperature starts dropping, your thermals really come into play. So thermals matter a lot here, even more so than your, because even though you have on your app, it says four mile an hour wind in the northwest, really not enough wind to, to negate the, negate the thermals. So if your thermals pulling downhill uh, in the evening and you, you've got a wind that's right right for you it's your thermal still going to get you that's where the deer are coming in so you got to think about that so you really have to consider the wind here if you're going in just willy-nilly hunting over a feed tree or something like that you're going to have six to eight does in front of you because we have a high doe to buck ratio so you'll, you'll see eight to ten does before you see the first spike you know um and that's a lot of sets of eyes on you when you're trying to draw a bow when you're trying to move around in a stand or anything like that so I don't hunt a lot of feed trees. I hunt near the feed trees and I do a bed, bed to feed hunt. So I'm usually closer to what we call our, what our thickets are, which are probably vastly different than y'all's as well. Um, but yeah, I would say the biggest difference, I mean, deer, deer everywhere. Deer do deer shit here. Deer do deer shit up there. Um, they do deer shit in Mexico. You know, they, they, you know, they, they eat, they breed and they, they shit and they pee, you know, that's, that's what they do. But uh, hunting them's, I've always said, and I think everybody says this where they hunt. They're like, this is the hardest state to hunt in the whole my whole union. And I would say that it's it Arkansas is one of the hardest places to hunt whitetail deer, especially mature whitetail deer here. Now you can you can bust a a good two and a half year old, which again I'm all about. But uh, it's 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 definitely something that you have to consider. And then when when you talk about ultralight gear saddle hunt, I, I jumped on the saddle saddle bandwagon real early. That's not 
because I thought that it was the most awesome thing in the whole wide world. That's just out of necessity. When you're hauling a summit tree stand that weighs 23 pounds, a pack, and it's 86 outside, buddy, you losing weight. I mean, I don't know how <laughs> yeah. people. I don't know how people do it if they're overweight or they don't work out. I mean, it it's it's rough. Yeah, what are you running for your saddle platform for two seconds? Because you've been at so it for I, a little bit. Good. I do the. I've got the tethered Phantom, and then I do the the tethered uh, Predator platform. I do. I've got a rappelling harness, so I've got the Mad Rock rappelling, and I I do a two stick method. And I'm going to do a video on the two stick method because I haven't seen a video on the two stick method, but. A lot of people do the one-step method. I do the two-step method. It's two, uh, I've got two of the, oh, I modified some hard sticks with cam cleat for cam, not Schaefer cam because they're so out of Schaefer cam. I did the attic cam cleat. And then the Eastern Outdoors, I think, makes the am still. I'm going to am still eight-eater. And uh, so I set my first stick up about eight foot or seven foot, eight foot to the top as high as I can get it, climb up to that. I set my second stick up as high as I can get it. So I get another six, seven feet out of that. So then I start what's called the one sticking method where I, I hook up my, my tether or my rappel line, dangle off the tree, move my stick up one, strap it back down, climb up that stick. And then I set my platform. Usually that's at about 20 feet. Now, that's another thing about here. When do y'all start losing y'all's leaves around there? Wow. You know, when yeah. Now, now, yeah, if they're changing colors and dropping, my yard's starting to fill up already, which is a whole different story for me. But yeah, I think between now and the next couple weeks, I imagine when that cold front rips through, I don't know if that's gonna make a difference. I think it's more of a like lighting, just we're just losing daylight. So we're we're green, we're green all the way through November. I mean, you've got that right now. The ag crops starting to starting to dry up a little bit. You know, they're off soybeans right now, moving into acorns and things like that, but. Um, you, you, you can't, you can almost not get up to 20, 25 feet. If you, if you, even if you wanted to, you could get up that high, but then you're, you've got the canopy still, the canopy's still there. All those leaves are still there. We're not, we're not dropping leaves till probably end of November. Um, you know, a lot of times that'll hold on. And that, that really also affects the way you got to hunt too, because, you know, browsing mass, uh, I, mass crop, I always, I consider that acorns and things. I may have those confused. Y'all are welcome to fact check me, but browse is like your, your green plants that, that, that deer are going to eat. They're still on that. There's still so much of that. It's hard to find a defined feeding pattern right now. Cause they're, they're mixed between that and the oaks that are dropped early right now. And our mm -hmm. oaks are just now dropping and, and we, you know, a lot of places I hunt, we kind of got a subpar crop this year, which we had a subpar crop last year in, in my neck of the woods. But uh, where I hunt in eastern Arkansas, it's they're loaded. I mean, I went out there Saturday morning, Sunday morning, and I mean, you, you it's like a yellow brick road of acorns through there. But uh, so that's that's another big factor. I mean, it is it is thick and green and most most everywhere. If you if you. So we'll just jump in that. Uh, we, we've kind of covered oh, yeah. weather. It's, it's hot yep. as hell. But the topography of the south is, I mean, you're talking, especially here when I in Arkansas, it's a lot of timber company land. So a lot of pine trees with your riparian areas that, you know, you have, they have to keep so many oaks on the creek so that they don't wash out the pine trees and things of that nature. So that's the only food source on a lot of these, these tracks. And then 
when you talk about transition lines, because deer transitional animals, you have a ton of transitions here because you can go from a briar thicket to an open pine thicket or to an open pine area, then right into an oak flat. And so there's, there's three different transition areas that you have right there. And the deer could be feeding on a variety of different things, uh, you know, given the time of year for that. Um, but you know, all that said, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to stay green with browse through November. So you can't, you can't get too high in the tree. You, a lot of your shots, especially your bow hunting, our archery season's pretty long. September 1st, if you're archery, you know, if you're in the urban hunts and I think the regular season started the 25th uh, here and it goes all the way to February 26th. So, or 28th, I can't, it, I think it's 26th, but it's no, February. And uh, so when you look at the topography, we've got mountains here. Uh, this is one thing I love about Arkansas. There's 3 million acres of public land here that you can, that you can hunt. Um, you've got the Washita Mountains, uh, the Boston Mountains, which are on the northeast side, north central side. So here in Little Rock, where I live, I hunt what's the Washita Mountains on one side. I can be in the mountains 10 minutes from my house or the river bottoms 10 minutes from my house. So I, I've got my pick of the litter for, for whatever topography I want to hunt where the deer are. Um, the only real ag, like I said, is in the in, is in the eastern part where that's closer to the Mississippi River. The Mississippi River runs up one side of the of, of Arkansas, and so basically, eastern Arkansas is looks just like Mississippi. Um, northeast Arkansas looks just like Missouri. Northwest Arkansas mountains, pretty good, decent weather. And then southwest Arkansas, where I call home, is pretty much East Texas. So same stuff. Tons of pine trees, tons of potlatch. Deltic owns most every bit of it. <clears throat> They'll raise your lease dues every year. Won't won't tell you if they're going to cut it down or not. Love those guys. If you can't tell, um, uh, but yeah, when you when you're talking about a deer here, that's another thing. You know how how big would you say the average deer? Like, do you have a lot of two hundred pounders out there? Like y'all y'all kill any two hundred pound so deer? I spent some time in Virginia <clears throat> when I was young and, uh, you know, I saw guys hunting out there and as far as really, it's super into hunting, I'd hunt it, but I wasn't like, you know, like I am today these days and they're dragging out deer, big racks, but I was like, that's the fucking deer, you know? So I had really only been exposed to Wisconsin bucks and deer and they're big. So yeah, 200 pounders for sure. Uh, and anybody in the comments, feel free to weigh in. And obviously, you know, we're always going to accept calls. So if you want to call into the show, go nuts be happy to jam with you on this stuff, but big deer and, and, you know, some large racks, depending on what you're after, but definitely the bigger body stuff. So I'd imagine you're probably looking at what I was seeing in, in Virginia, which are just smaller bodied animals. Absolutely. So, I mean, that this, um, a mature buck here to hit the 200 pound mark, that's something you killed a monster. You killed a 200 pound deer. I mean, like, there'll be a moose out there, huh? Might as well be. I mean, we equate them to a lot, uh, especially in my Southwest Arkansas leases. They like Texas deer. You get a. I mean, their racks look huge. They may only be a 130 inch deer, but they look ginormous because their bodies. Well, are big rack. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they are, but I mean all they're eating is acorns if we have them. Um, and then they grass and browse. They're they're not. Are you saying acorn or acorn? That's the difference between hey, look, the south. Right there, acorns. acorn. Corn. That's what we call them here acorns but in wisconsin we're probably really along on the o acorn you know yeah, <laughs> acorn <laughs> so acorns 
my wife gets on. My, my I married a proper woman, a yuppie lady. Um, yeah, where's she from? Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. Okay, she's from Tennessee. Oh, you used to pick up on her, didn't you? She's the only ten you see, huh? That is exactly what I used. I, actually, I can't even remember. I, I was the uh, I was a manager at a gym when I met my wife, and uh, I think I she. I remember the first conversation we had. She asked me to. Uh, she asked me for twenty minutes in the tanning bed. I'm wearing a beanie, a hat, sleeveless shirt. And I like flexed up and like set the set the tanning bed for twenty minutes. I was like, "You're in bed eight, married for ten <laughs> years." So, that was it. That was it, man. Um, met her at a bar after that. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, our deer small. And so when you think about that from bow hunting, because I'm primarily a bow hunter, uh, you got a whole lot smaller smaller area to hit. Um, I've missed, I've missed deer by inches, uh, just because, you know, when I, a Glendale buck is, you know, the full rut Glendale buck that you get to shoot at is 10 times bigger than some of our mature deer. So what's a Glendale buck? You're saying the shit, I got to make sure I'm checking these terms. So I know what we're talking about. Glendale targets like the Glendale, like the the little target buck. Yeah. You can get them in, you can get the cheap one. That's like the pre-rut. It's smaller. That's the one that most of us have. It's like, $89 $89 with $10 rebate from the old Bass Pro Shop. Um, <laughs> That's probably accurate to the size, like it said, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, they're, they're smaller animals here. Um, they just don't have the food to sustain, and, and then they don't have to get as, our winters aren't as harsh. Um, yeah. So they, they, they really don't pack on the pounds. And, and, you know, when you talk about a cold front there, you know, I hear a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, people hunt the edge of cold fronts there. And then the, the day after and, and then our deer, deer movement slows. Down. Like if we get a real cold, cold front come through, our deer are cold. Like they're, they're like, they're bedded up in a thicket somewhere trying to stay warm. Like they're, they're not, they're not moving as much. I'm moving to get warm. That's, I never would have considered that, dude. That's interesting. You're, that's like the people that I know from, you know, warmer states, like yourself included, it gets a certain temperature. Like, man, I'm putting on a hoodie. It is cold. I'm like, bro, I'm taking my hoodie off at that temperature because we're coming out of that stuff. It's like you're moving opposite directions, so you're doing different behaviors. Yeah, well, and I will say this: if if you you've never known cold till like you've had like one of those real cold, like 20 degrees here with a with a north wind and 100 percent humidity, where it's just like your bones are cold. Like you can't, there's nothing you can do to get warm. Like it's, it's a difference between like a dry heat and a, and a, and a wet heat. Like here you can cut the air with a butter knife, but in like Reno, you know, it's, it's 112 degrees and you, you can't tell because your sweat's evaporating here. There's parts of your body. You didn't even know you had their sweat. You didn't even know you had sweat glands there. And that's sweat like on your kneecap. Have you ever had kneecap sweat? I have. <laughs> I <laughs> gotta get some deodorant for that knee yeah yeah well kneecaps are sweaty um yeah so it, it's it, it's 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 definitely a, a different thing and then so when i when i talk about topography too when when you talk about hunting deer and, and hunting deer like a bed to food pattern like i said before our deer can generally bed down pretty much anywhere it's so thick here you know we, we have so much undergrowth uh especially if they've thinned out uh like you have a clear cut where they they they've just thinned it they left some of the mature trees and then you know two two or three seasons get up get on that undergrowth gets real thick i mean a, a deer could literally lay down right beside where it feeds and that could be its bedding area i mean you, where you have like the big ag places that that I don't know if y'all have a lot of ag, but I know y'all have a lot of swamps and things like that where 
you know where a deer is going to be laying and you know where he's going to eat going to eat here that could i mean you really got to put the i mean the only thing that kills big deer here is boot leather and time i mean you you just really got to get out there and uh and and bounce around and, and see what they're doing and it shifts it shifts so much here i i i tracked and, and bill with uh spartan I, i'm i'm real interested in a lot of that stuff because here in the south like i i have a six seven year old buck and he may even be eight big drop tine he's a maybe 160 inch deer for here that's that's like a white buffalo like i mean we we just don't have much of those and uh so i got with all the neighboring clubs you know got went had you know broke bread with them and told them about the deer and they're like yeah we've been seeing him so i took game cam pictures like game cam photos like where i knew it was him and then i plotted his range out and at six to eight years old you would think you know the traditional knowledge is a deer's core area shrinks as it gets older this deer had a five mile radius that it went and this was before the rut this was just him going by a corn feeder in one place coming back on us and this five miles how so did you I'm, figure that out? that's pretty impressive because like you see some studies right now coming from the um msu deer lab podcast does some of that stuff where they've been showing home range from collared data yep. were you just setting trail cams to see that stuff or so, what so we had trail cam photos of them the neighboring clubs you know it's, everybody has a, a hunt club in the south it's it's all hunting clubs so you've got like i'm in old sad daddy deer camp that's that's our yeah. hunting club and we lease about 1700 acres and uh of that you know on this side of the road where this this deer was is like we got like 160 acres and then we're surrounded by all these other timber leases and you know all the guys have a camp where you know after the hunt you can you see more uh you know bush light cans than anything else in the world but uh you know you just go around start talking about deer and and usually they'll they'll, they'll kind of you know they'll crack out the old phone and you know game cams definitely change the game for a lot of us here because you know we always thought I always hunted. I always thought if a deer, you got a picture of a deer, you knew a deer was there. That's where he was going to be. You know, he was probably coming out of this field and that's not the case. And, uh, it, and it's different each, each deer. I've, I've, you know, some of these deer that I have on the wall, they, they were homebodies. They, they never got off our lease. I mean, for this one or this 10 point right here, um, that's high and tight, uh, a five and a half year old deer that I, I passed on three or four times. So he never left his core area, which was as tight as could be. He, he stayed in one little thicket. He chased does in that thicket. He, he did everything in that thicket. I, I saw him run with every other mature deer in, in the place that we were hunting until he got of age that I, I couldn't pass him anymore. And he never really blew up and he just stayed a nice high tight 10. But, uh, and, and then, you know, corresponding with the, the other deer in that area that ran with him, that one with the drop time, five mile, five mile radius on him, you know, and, and, but he has to, I mean, if you think the, the timber companies plant pine trees. So mm -hmm. when there, there's some oak flats here and there, but if those oak flats aren't producing, he's got to move to eat, you know, he's got to, he's got to feed the beast. So he's, he was just moving around to different, you know, corn feeders, different oak flats, and he's chasing does too, but he, he really, you know, he just moved to eat, you know, to sustain himself. He's just a big deer. Um, somebody I think gut shot him, couldn't find him, and never found him. So, uh, oh, God. 
we hadn't got pictures of it in two years. Somebody, the guy told me, he was like, well, man, he come across my lane, so I just threw the, I threw the gun up. Pow, man, I think I hit him in the guts. Great. Great. <laughs> cool story, bro. Thanks for killing yeah. that. Yeah, Not awesome. <laughs> God damn. That's the brown. It's down right there. So another another thing I, I would tell you, and y- y- do y'all have a, a high capacity for water moccasins and or I call them cotton-headed rattle moccasins down here. We so we do have depends on what part of the state you're in. We have rattlesnakes. I know um, specifically a lot of folks that do like rock climbing. There's one destination here in the state that I'm aware of, like Devil's Lake in Wisconsin Dells, and there'll be some timber rattlers there. I don't know much about timber rattlers, but I'm I think they're venomous. If I were to Google it, I might find that. Yes. And yeah, oh. like <laughs> I'm not fucking around with one of those. Have I ever seen anything like that in my life? Absolutely not. No, I'm not rock climbing Devil's Lake for starters, but I'm certainly not hunting in an area that, that has those. Now, that being said, there are some areas that I hunt that have uh, a lot of what's called like bluffs and rock formations that are like steep rock faces uh, and edges. So there could be some things in there, but no one's hunting that. You're not, you're not like taking a carabiner and, and like saddling up to go rock climbing and all that stuff. So maybe be a little careful, but I don't know. We have... We don't have shit here like that. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm, the, there's I'm the sure This is where if on. Greg were here on the show, he'd start spitting out species and things like that. Um, maybe there's like a spider we should be concerned about, but not like a tarantula. We don't have scorpions. There's not anything super venomous around here. We're pretty safe up here in, in the Midwest. So, we have we everything. Uh, so we have uh, We have the other day. So, I, I, I didn't kill, but... Um, Maybe some of them lost their lives um, due to natural causes this weekend because it's it's illegal to kill uh, water moccasins here, snakes, I think. Uh, anyway, um, I saw four water moccasins when I was hunting on Sunday morning. Um, and then uh, I got to my stand here in Little Rock in the, in the mountains and put my bow on the ground and went to go pick it back up to hook it to my to my bow rope. And there was a baby cottonmouth, like right there with mouth open, just ready to take out my left pinky finger. And uh, I mean, so I got close. I got close again. And I've been bitten by like water snakes, drunk, trying to catch snakes for to impress girls, but uh, never by a, uh, a venomous snake. But we've got them all. Rattlesnakes, water moccasins, cottonmouths. And they're, I mean, turkey season in Arkansas and then early season bow season, you have got to watch out for those. I mean, though, though we call no, no shoulders. Um, you, you're wearing a headlamp in, um, and you're wearing, you're, you're watching your way out, uh, especially if you hunt any of the river bottoms. I don't, I don't mess with rattlesnakes too much because they at least warn you before they bite you. I figure that's a, that's a pretty good snake. You know, he's going to rattle at you and be like, Hey, bruh, this is my spot. Your spot's over there. And I think, I think that's great. So they usually get a pass from me. Um, now we do eat them down here. We like like a good little rattlesnake. Uh, they're they're really good to eat. I don't know if you've ever had them. But they're oh fun. man, how are you cooking that? You smoking that up on the Traeger? What are you doing with the rattlesnake? Lots, I have no lots, clue. lots of ways to cook rattlesnake, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bubble gump you here and you know tell you you know there's there's rattlesnake etouffee, rattlesnake sandwiches, rattlesnake fried rattlesnake. I mean there's there's a lot of ways to prepare rattlesnake, but it's uh, it's pretty good. I, I would I would say it's it's high up there on my. Uh, my list of snakes that you I eat. I got a restaurant you the opportunity or are you going to ro- order some roast duck? And no, some no. So illegal, illegal to sell wild game here. 
Um, oh, I'm to, just saying, if it were on a menu, what are you putting it in the pecking order? Oh, I'm putting it up there. I mean, I see yeah. it as an appetizer, like rattlesnake bites, okay. like at the Texas Roadhouse. Do y'all have Texas Roadhouse <laughs> up there? Great. It's a highly sought after establishment here. That's that's high class eating. Roadhouse up here. We, my son's allergic to peanuts, so we can't go there because that would be like a fucking death trap. <laughs> yeah, do the you just yeah, there's peanuts all over the place. So bugs, mosquitoes, biting gnats. We, we that's that's a real, we we keep thermocell in business down here. I, I was rocking the thermocell. I, I literally had a mosquito land on my thermocell, light a cigarette off of it, and then tell me you know it's about to suck me dry. I mean like they're they're bad here. Um, so we have to deal with all of that, and uh, and so I mean that goes all the way through. I've seen I've sneezed snakes out to November. Um, it's it's pretty bad. You gotta you gotta watch it, especially in the places that I hunt. Well, with um, the central thing you're talking about, with you sweating your balls off and and the thermos doing what they're gonna do, like do you just forego? You said scent control is just not manageable. So at that really? rate, are you just doing some forty percent deed on and and like keeping those things off? Are you yeah. using any? That, uh, From, Permethrin, um, yeah. that's what we, the, the old Sawyer Permethrin, I'll run that through November. Um, uh, I do have a pretty, I'd say I've got one of the strictest scent control regiments that you could find in the South. I, I wash my clothes in scent-free detergent. My whole family, like I've got, I got my wife sold on the, like the scent-free, like hippie um, stuff like now. So we don't run anything with scent through our washing machine or dryer. Um, so everything, the whole thing scent free there. I do the scent control, scent free showers, spray down with this, but it, it all goes out the window when you start sweating out all those, you know, the Mickey ultras and all the whiskey you had that night before and the rattles, the fried rattlesnake that you had. I mean, you know, deer knows that you're there. I mean, uh, so you can, you, and, and during November into December and stuff, you can get a little bit better about it, but that's when our rut hits and the deer are stupid as heck. I mean, that's, that's when they're chasing does and things and you don't have to be as, you know, engaged in the scent control, but I do, I, I, I believe in it to some, I, I like to stack the odds in my favor as much as I can. Yeah. I think you have, that's what we're trying to accomplish here is why not? You know, it, it doesn't set me off any, I'm going to have to take a shower anyway. Might as well take a shower with the scent free stuff. Um, keep, keep my clothes pretty scent free. I do the, uh, I've got the, um, the ozonics, the, I put it in my bag. We actually, we got a ozone machine from an old, like our old high school that they, they, they use the same thing that you use that everybody's peddling for this ozonics and everything is an ozone machine that is in every locker room in the continental u.s that they turn on after you leave and it cleans all the air and everything like that so we got one of those from our coach our old high school football coach and we turn it on like in our in our we've got a house that we use at a deer camp down south and we'll turn the thing on and it, i mean it it kills all the scent in there um but yeah you can't you can't stay as stingent as as what i would say some people do in the midwest and up north uh, on scent control it just it's not going to work for you you're, you're going to sweat. Yeah. One thing I've actually enjoyed quite a bit is, uh, the Merino wool stuff, which Greg talked me into last season. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't, get, I didn't get first light. I went and bought, we got like a little local shop here. They only got two stores in our local region called Sherpers. So for those that are from this area, we'll know what that is. It's a military surplus store, but they sell like the shit they carry is pretty high end by and large. And 
I think the brand is like negative 33 or 33 below or something like that. It was expensive. It was $200 for just a top and a bottom, 100 for each. And it was a mid-weight, but it does not retain any scent. Now, I went to the good old Fleet Farm, aka the Man's Mall, and I bought myself a real, like an, just a, I just wanted a new top for, you know, early season, a thin layer. So it's like this really, it's not cotton, it's like this really like worky out material, whatever the hell it, that is. And uh, I got it on sale, so it, didn't, it wasn't a bunch of money, but I'm not kidding, man. After one freaking sit of wearing that stuff over my merino wool, it reeked, minus 35, thank you, Alex. It reeked so bad, like BO, I was like, what the fuck? I was out once, dude, it is terrible. Now the merino wool underneath it, you could stick your whole face in there. Nothing, nothing. So if nothing else, the property of its antimicrobial blah, blah, whatever, dude, freaking perfect. And, and it's breathable. So like I'm sweating balls out there, even in a mid weight, I'm sweating balls and I'm getting cooled down and it's wicked and by the time I get almost dry, it's just such an impressive fabric. So scent control from that perspective, I am sold, sold, sold on that, not holding any scent. Now, my my nasty BO clearly passed through to the next layer, <laughs> which was just, I'm like, and now that retains it. It's just gross. I'm like, how do I get that out of there? I don't even know. I, I do have a, what is it called? I, what's their, what's their brand? Scent, scent, fuck fine. Oh, scent bros or whatever the bag. Now I'm only, Thank you pressure. know, I'm begging a little bit because they never freaking respond to me, even though my buddy works there and he's awesome. Um, he's in a different division, but scent crusher, I got a scent crusher bag. And, uh, dude, it works, man. I throw my stuff in there before every hunt. I wash it. And then I, th- now I'm actually washing it. Cause I haven't been doing that in the last couple of years. I've just been using that as a washing machine, the bag itself. Yeah. And I was like, that's probably pretty gross. I should probably wash this stuff. <laughs> we dry it out at least when I'm sweating it all up. So anyway, that, that Marina wool dude is no joke. I don't know if you're rocking that. I know they have lightweight stuff, but I yeah, I, I, have it. I, I didn't, I didn't man. spring for the first light either. I love first light. I think they're great. Pattern. Love it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a banker, and, and I don't do bad for myself, but I am cheap. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So I'll go on Amazon and, and buy the, buy the, you know, the knockoff Merino wool, as long as it says that, you know, that's what, so I use that as my mid layers. And then I've got a lot of that polyester stuff is what you're talking about. Like the lightweight stuff is, is polyester and it is, it's, it's going to keep it. I wash it. Like I never wear the same thing. Like if I have a morning hunt and an evening hunt, I, I wear different clothes both time, all the way down to the underwear. Like, and I wash all that stuff. I've got a washer and dryer in my camp. I wash all of it. If I don't have that, like I don't have a washer and dryer, if I'm on a long trip or something like that, you can ask any of my friends that hunt with me. A, I'm, I'm, I'm anal about everything, but uh, I bring enough clothes for every sit. Like, so every sit I have a different, different shade of, camouflage on so um because i mean it really does it uh it it, it, it's a big deal for me and i want to be as scent free as possible but yeah love the merino wool stuff 
love love what what they're doing with that and that any of that antimicrobial I, I got real big into the uh oh it's not scent blocker it's the other one um uh, Eber, eberhart preaches oh, Zonix? no uh it's scent lock scent lock that's it that's i love their stuff got the carbon in it or something like that yeah so there's, there's layers of depth to the scent control stuff man like Using the scent-free soap or the, the scent, whatever the hell brand you want to use, I think it's all not too great. But you, you don't want to, if you if nothing else, just get a scent-free bar of like Dove Men or something like this. It doesn't smell like that, a rose. So uh, you can take all the fun out of hunting going too far one way or the other on that. <laughs> and just just to key this up, my the, Jesse Wright is in my, and this is a guy that I love. He's my bre- he's my dude. Been my yeah, been my guy for a while. This dude smoked a pack of Marlboro Lights, passed out at the campfire, woke up at 5 o'clock, had 30 minutes to hunt, drove to a stand where the wind's blowing directly, directly into where the deer come out. 600 acres of pasture behind him. Marlboro Lights with a whiskey drink, drove on back roads. Don't want to say he's drinking and driving. <laughs> so killed the biggest deer we've ever killed in our camp, 150 plus this year. At last light, it was running across the field. It came from behind him, from 600 acres of pasture, ran by him. He shot it. He said he didn't even see the deer's rack. He just said it ran like a buck. That's what he said. That's that's <laughs> his, you know. And so this guy is, when I say, you know, I always say that he's the luckiest hunter I know, but he's consistently lucky. So he's, he's definitely praying a little bit better than me or something. But no scent control regiment whatsoever apt to smoke a Marlboro light in the stand. So, you know, you, you can be on both sides of the spectrum and still do well. I think you got to make it fun. You got to make it worth what, what, what you want to do with it. Um, so I, I've, I've, I've waned on my, my scent control regiment uh, slightly as, as far as that goes, because I just want it to be more fun. Um, but yeah, it's, you can go all day on, you can key in on one aspect. I'd rather be a jack of all trades and a master of none than me a master of one. Um, I'd, I'd much rather have that, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, so hey, another thing, how many deer tags do y'all have? How many, how many bucks can you kill? How many does? So if you're hunting bow and gun, you get one doe, one buck tag for each weapon right so if you're buying a bow or an archery tag you're getting a doe and a buck and, and then you're getting a gun doe and a gun buck and they're pretty liberal about handing out an extra a bonus doe tag and you sometimes can buy a couple of them so i might be able to buy a bonus one for bow and gun so i might be able to stack four does and two bucks if i play my cards right now some folks will archery hunt through the gun season but i say bring the boomstick and you know, level up the playing field for these freaking animals. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm all about sure. it. Uh, and depending on where you're hunting, what county and, and all that stuff and whatever the municipalities are, you, you might be able to get away with a shotgun. And then there's a muzzle. So I don't know anything about that because I don't muzzle load hunt. So I don't know if you get a different you know, tag for that or not. I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, at minimum, you're getting one of each for each season, archery and rifle. So we, yeah, as soon as you buy your sportsman license here, you get six deer tags, two bucks, four does. Okay. Um, you, you do the urban hunts and you have unlimited, like, so in any of the urban areas, you can, you can rack and stack. I mean, so those, those two deer I killed, they didn't ca- count across, uh, against my uh, annual limit. 
I mean, uh, they actually give you $200 and pay your dues if you kill the most deer. And last year, I think a guy donated 87. So he shot 87 deer with a bow. What? In, in one of the urban hunts. I, I think it was 87. It's a lot of work. It, it was 37 or 87. But, I mean, he may have lived in one of those urban areas and just hunted around there and just shot a deer every day. But I was just thinking, I was, I was just blew my mind. Um, so yeah, so we we get the six deer tags, um, and then uh, unlimited on hogs. Uh, you can hunt them daylight to dark, uh, or you can hunt them all twenty four hours. You can hunt them in the dark. You can hunt them in the day. You can hunt them with a gun. You can hunt them with a spear. You can, you can kill them with your truck. They don't care as long as you kill them. Um, but then you know, I told you we had three million three million public acres to hunt and but it's state and federal so you've got a i mean we've got a lot of like mix there's no like overarching these are the you have to look at the regs on each wma each you know there's you can only kill one buck on this wma and then you can't kill another one there to go against your two buck limit and uh then on the federal land you have to buy a federal license to go over there i mean all in all i probably spend close to $200 on license every year with everything, um, which I don't know if that's cheap or expensive. I know my out-of-state Nebraska hunt for uh, for turkeys is is pretty expensive, but, I mean, I can buy more turkey tags when I get up there. And then uh, Texas, it was like $300 for an out-of-state tag, and, you know, it's a lot like hunting Arkansas, uh, but yeah. a lot less public land. Um, so that's, that's another, you know, I, I think, you know, and again, a lot of timber company land, y'all, I mean, are y'all hunting? Uh, here's yeah, one question I had, I had yeah, for you before I get on that on y'all's WMAs or, or your, your public land, do, do they allow farmers to plant those? Do you have like, you know, could you, could you be hunting a soybean field or a, a corn field that's on the edge of your public land or anything well, like that? It depends on a couple of things. And this is why I'm going to bitch at Greg for hunting Well, he should be podcasting a little bit because he has these answers for this type of stuff. But we have um, a number of different types of property. So like I have access to a conservancy property that I hunt. So it's privately owned, but publicly accessed and you get the draw for it. So there might be egg fields on that that were planted or what have you. Uh, there's pub, what I would call just generic public land. That's like national forest land. Um, there's state land, there's county land that you can hunt. That's going to be different based on any county. And so you have to like really kind of scope out the county.gov website. Uh, we have VPA land, which is voluntary public access land and then MFL, which is managed, managed forest law. So some of these things are actually like not very well known, um, within the last decade. And then some, uh, media company, media journalist company, journalist, news company, whatever you want to call them. Uh, did a story on this stuff called MF, MFL and managed forest law. And the reason they did a story on it is because there's a tax break incentive that if you're a landowner and you're doing managed forest law, it means you're allowing some sort of logging or something like that to happen on your property. But in doing so, you must then allow it to be accessed by you know, for public recreation or hunting. If someone asks you, you can't turn them down necessarily. So it got brought to light in a major, major way because what these some of these folks were doing is they were landlocking it, meaning it wasn't accessible without trespassing and they were still getting the tax incentive. That's a big no-no. Those people got slapped on the wrist pretty hard. Um, and so as a result of that like story when it broke through, I think it was the Journal Sentinel here in Milwaukee, 
the DNR had a huge project to bring that to, to light because it wasn't easily discoverable or you couldn't find it. Um, and then eventually Onyx picked up on that stuff and then it was highlighted there. So now this like, I'm going to go ask people permission thing is like went off the hook about it. But VPA land is different because you'll do a similar tax incentive program, but they do not have to ask for permission by signing up for uh, voluntary public access. You're just saying it's good to hunt this on on their door. I can just go do it. And there'll be a sign indicating as such. So I'm probably not hitting everything. And then there's also like crop damage tags. So like farmers will be designated a certain number of tags. And if that farmer says, well, I'm not going to hunt it, but you can, and you can use my tags. I don't know if that, the tags. Yeah. Not or that works, but I know some, some buddies that have done that kind of stuff where they just, you know, we talk about shoot deer at okay, it's hunter, shoot deer, shoot deer, because shooting deer will help you get better at shooting deer. Um, and also quit bitching and just shoot deer. Like shoot deer. a lot of these guys really kind of cut their teeth on whacking and stacking by oh, just doing too. that stuff, you know? I mean, I chase, I chase mature animals now, but that's, that's only because I started deer hunting when I was five, man. I mean, my, my, <laughs> my dad literally took me out with a single shot 410, set me down and we ran dogs back then. And he was like, the deer are going to come from here. And they, he left me. I'm five years old. I mean, like it's different times and I wouldn't do that with either one of my sons. Um, but you know, so, I mean, I was hunting from that time. So, I mean, there were years where I, I killed six does a year. Like I shot everything that I saw and was happy as a pup with two tails to do it. Mm -hmm. And, um, we had that, we instituted the three point rule here in Arkansas back a long time ago. But, uh, before then, if you shot a spike, man, people were like, you mounted every eight point that looked like this. I mean, like if he was like that mounted, um, but you know, (laughs) now we've got a little bit bigger class of deer, but, uh, I I think that's the, you're spot on. That's why I love what you do, man. I think you do a damn good job of it, but you know, the whole idea that to tell somebody that, you know, what they killed isn't awesome. I mean, it's, awesome to get out there and just and and you have to you have to practice you gotta you know that's what they say you don't you don't you don't marry the first one you gotta go through a few you know um and and you gotta stack some does up man you gotta get those six points on the ground you gotta just learn how to kill deer and then you can jump into oh i want to kill bigger deer and so on yeah a lot of these someone just messaged me uh i don't know we got we get a lot of messages these days apparently because i can't keep track of some of them but someone just messaged me like some of these new, I think it was uh, Reinhardt on our social planner, uh, social channel. I can't talk. I'm tired. Um, which has been the running excuse for the last like three weeks with this ba- baby here, uh, baby Jude. But he was like, he had encountered, that's what he's doing. It was Reinhardt Nutto. Um, he was at like a seminar for, um, out on, I was out on a limb. I might be wrong. He's probably going to freaking. Out on a limb is a, they, they make like a stick sticks yeah, and they've got a platform, platform and stuff like that yep. and uh he he said they were at, like a seminar for it and he's like the number of people that raised their hand for being a new hunter was like the majority but a lot of them were like passing on bucks because they were like oh i only need to get a big buck but it's like bro you haven't killed shit yet at yeah. all no yeah. no one wants to shoot something smaller because they think they're gonna be ridiculed like this is a fucking problem this is it's, why it's we're doing part of our I, mission i hate it I actually, and, and that's that's one new thing about down here. There's not, I mean, like, man, we celebrate every deer kill here. I mean, like, if, yeah. if a kid if a kid kills a spike, I mean, you you might as well thought they killed the beast of the forest. I mean, we we love it, and and, and that's a big, big deal, man, in a good way. 
Yeah, because we want to keep people in it. I mean, you know, I don't expect somebody that's never hunted before to 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 try to keep up with me on on public. And that's another thing, like I talked to you about, you know, doing a podcast on how to set up a, a hunting club or something like that, because, you know, a lot of people are trying to cut their teeth right now on public land. And I'll tell you, man, the public land is that's where I go to trophy hunt. That's where I go to, like, like hone my skills, like to say, oh, I, I, for the longest time, my my biggest ambition was to kill a hundred inch deer on public land because I killed a lot of deer on public man, but none of them were hundred inches because it's just, it's so hard. And you got all these hunters here, you've got a limited, you know, limited time to do it, you know, with everybody working and such. So if a guy goes out, sets him up a ground blind on a field edge and shoots him a six point, I'm excited for him. I'll, I'll do, I do skull mounts for people. I'll skull mount it and tell him he killed a beast. I'll be like, oh, that deer is two and a half and I'm glad you got it. So, um, you know, but getting it, getting into a private lease, you know, I'm not trying to sell it on private lease, but that's, I grew up on that, that kind of thing. And I mean, it was just easier, you know, it was easier because you, you got to listen to the other guys at camp. They kind of told you the rules you had to set. And then, you know, then you would get into public land and you'd be like, okay, so I, I can only kill a deer with a 12 inch spread, you know, and then you're since that deer got 12 inches there. I don't, you know, my 12 inches is a little different than somebody else's 12 inches. You know? <laughs> that's what she um, said. That's what she's doing. Um, and don't ever try to show my wife a ruler. But uh, I used uh, to take her hands on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I, I hate it. But uh, I'll talk about that. You know, the, the locals, that was one thing that I wanted to uh, mention on here. Like here in Arkansas, like they take deer hunting seriously. I'm sure you all do too. Um, but like I, I watch these seek one guys. I love, love their stuff. They're killing all these big urban bucks and they're getting permission on these properties. And I, Everybody that has an urban property here in Little Rock, Arkansas, they have a tree stand and a deer feeder in their backyard, and they are hunting it. So if you ask for permission, they're like, oh, hell no, man, you ain't going to kill my deer. And, I mean, <laughs> I've, gotten, I've gotten run out of public land areas where these guys are just like, look, I've hunted here my whole life. I'll die on this land hunting it. Like, you, you, you pack your shit. Like you can call a game warden on it. And they'll, pay, they'll, right. they'll, they'll pay, they'll pay the ticket. I mean, they they don't even care. Like uh, they're, they're serious about their deer around here, man. Um, if you shoot a deer and it goes on to somebody else's property, we don't have, we don't have the law where you can go over the property line to. Yeah, you gotta ask. And people say, yeah. no, it's really yeah, weird. And, and, but here now they've instituted that if, if they say no, then they have to tag the deer. They have to do the recovery and, and tag the deer, um, which is great. Um, I've gotten I've gotten a lot of no's on that before, but I've also I, I was a young man, and uh, this was funny. Uh, I was fifteen, sixteen, something like that, and uh, I shot what would have been my biggest buck ever, and uh, I made this thirty out six sound like a fully automatic gun. I mean, I'm just sending rounds down range. Just I hit him like twice, bad. First, the um, shot with that that rifle's got range. What were you shooting at? Uh, I was, it was, I guess when he walked out, he was like two thirty, maybe I didn't have a range finder back in those days. It was a long shot for me. Um, and I'm, I'm better with a bow than a rifle any day. And, and of course I had buck fever and he was huge, you know, looking back on it, he might've been 120 inches, but, um, so I shoot him twice. I, I clearly hit him. I got blood. He runs over to the other property, jumps the fence. And there's a guy who has a stand right there. He plows him. Boom. He hits the ground. So i walk up to this hunter and he's loading him on the four wheeler. And I said, uh, and I'm 16, this guy's like 40. And uh, I was like, hey, uh, 
you know, I, I shot that deer. He's like, yeah, yeah, you did. You hit him twice. I was like, <laughs> like, I, was like but you didn't kill him. I, I was like, man. So, you know, that that's like the biggest deer I've ever, I've ever shot at. And he's like, yeah, man, uh, I killed him. And he drove off. I mean, he drove off with that deer. My dad went and talked to him and, and all this stuff. And then, like this guy was just like, look, bro, you wounded him. You know, I killed him. Um, and, He's uh, probably going to die, you jackass. Oh, Give absolutely. Us Clear blood trail. You know, all he did was hop a fence. But, uh, you know, and, and so that's that's kind of – I mean, we even had a guy in my – like we had an altercation. <laughs> yeah, shot him twice. Yeah, shot him twice. Um, we had an altercation uh, down in – I've got a lease down there now in the Suckles Lake Bottoms, and this is God rest his soul. A man was killed over deer. They beat him to death. Oh my God! Over a deer stand, over deer hunt. I mean, like it, it gets it's crazy down here. Uh, and you, it, you, it, you sent me an invite, man. I mean, I'm gonna have to like reconsider for my own safety. Oh, no, no, no. We've got everything <laughs> leased up now. We've got a, we've got it all. I mean, it, it's changed a lot since then. I mean, uh, you know, people are shooting bigger bigger deer you know it's they're letting a lot pass you know there's a lot of it it's it's changed a lot uh from when i was younger and i i think i don't understand why you know we we don't have have a lot of tourism when it comes to hunting deer now we get a ton of duck hunters i mean like ton celebrity duck i mean we get um, this place is crawling with duck hunters come duck season um and big money in the duck hunting but we've got a great whitetail deer herd here and it's some of the funnest. I mean, it's it's my favorite place to hunt in the world. Um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of uh, a lot of basis for comparison, but you know, I, you come down here, you have plenty of places to hunt. Huge national forest, place you can get away. It's beautiful. If you can deal with some biting insects and some high heat and a lot of humidity, it's it's a fun place to hunt. And and, and we've got some good quality deer. Most of the, all of your your deer if you care about score that's all going to be on east arkansas um that's all going to be cropland uh i spend a lot of time over there trying to chase big deer but um i just like getting out there man i like i like killing deer every now and then i take my boys i go with friends and we, we cut it up at deer camp tell old war stories play speed quarters that's what i kind of want to get you down for is is just the whole i don't know if you've ever been part of the, one of those big clubs but like we we do it up big um so uh we're, we're looking forward to a little cooler temperatures and getting some deer on the ground. So, yeah, maybe you can um, wear like sleeve out to one of your hunts these, one of these days. <laughs> maybe I could what? Wear a long sleeve or a oh, hoodie. On yeah. It yeah it's not, it's not hoodie weather till November down here. Uh, Oak Tree Dreams, they're big duck hunters here in Wisconsin. Uh, he's asking if you get a lot of, uh, w- w- I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. Wigan. And my, yeah, we get my call number. Wigan. Wigan. He calls widgeon. What's that? Widgeon. It's it's some form of a, a duck. Now I am not mad at the ducks. I I have went on several awesome duck hunts. I couldn't tell you the difference between a teal. <laughs> you guys know duck, like I can. I've called it ducks and I've done all that. But like I chase whitetail deer. Like I I will I will set up. I love it when duck season comes in on the White River Refuge because they herd deer better than anybody else. They'll be popping off those shotguns around those sloughs and everything. And it'll push all those big deer right to me. And I love it. Love it. So I love the duck hunters, but I just, I just don't hate the ducks, man. I, I, I don't chase them. It's big money down here too. I mean, they, uh, 
they spend a lot. I mean, by the time you got your boat, your shotgun, your camo, you know, your lease, and then get all there, it's, uh, man, y'all can have them ducks. Y'all can keep them. <laughs> That's crazy. It's not, I mean, like, you, I ain't never had duck tacos. I ain't never, you know. I've had some good ducks. Huge duck hunting. They like bring out their griddle. They're making flapjacks and pancakes oh. and egg, bacon. I'm like, Drinking okay, why is not bored with some oh, of that? Because with deer, it's a it's a stealthy it's a stealthy man's game. You send control, quiet. Everything's yeah, you know, very ninja duck hunting. Like, wah, 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 wah. you're just lots of ducks until they come by. Then you gotta you know you know, get down duck and hunting, duck hunting here. You're on a three day bender. You know, you're you're drinking in the duck blind. <laughs> you know, you, you, you've got a heater in there. You know, I, I, I remember I went on the duck hunt. Uh, it was like my first like legit duck hunt other than like pond shooting ducks where I come from, you know, um, we get out there and like, we're walking across this, this field and it's like chest high water and we're walking towards this Island. I think it's an Island. And we get in there and this guy like pulls this hatchback and it's like a trailer that they sunk in the water and it's got like this like flip up thing. They got a heater. They got a stove in there. Like they're cooking breakfast. Deer flying like, in the water, submersed. I'm like, man, this is this is legit. And I mean, we shot. I shot every shell I brought. I bought three boxes of shells. I probably shot every single one of them. I may have killed three ducks. And um, so you know, I, I don't. It's kind of crazy to be an Arkansas boy and born and bred here, and 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 I don't chase them. But uh, you know, it just my wife. I can't pick up another hobby. I, I chase deer way too hard. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it, I was just say, oak tree dreams. You guys ought to link up with pulling feathers out in Wyoming. They're big, big bird hunters. They got a podcast. Y'all might want to guest on their show. Levi carries our buddy over there. He's invited us out to Wyoming to do some elk hunting and mule deer hunting and whitetail hunting out there. You got us got an invitation down to to Arkansas to kill hogs and whitetails mm-hmm. and whatever the fuck else we want to shoot. Probably some snakes, not le- not legally, of course, but only if it, only if your life's in danger. Yeah. I had someone, uh, a listener, invite me to go on a mule deer hunt. I don't remember if it was Wyoming or Colorado or where he was going now, but it was like right before our baby was due. And I was like, dude, I can't do that. He's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I'm not kidding you at all. I can't go. I, my, I will get, my wife will divorce me. It will not <laughs> happen. Oh, man. I, I, I've never been as close to divorces during deer season and such. I mean, because I, I really do get a little crazy about it. But, uh, <laughs> It's rough. It's getting worse or better. I don't know how you want to like quantify it, but my wife has come to expect it, but it doesn't make it any easier. And now that we got three kids, she's like, her friend's like, your husband's really going to go hunting after you just had a baby? She's like, oh yeah, this deer season, you don't get it. And it's such a heritage here in the state that like, mm, I think at least he's got a good support group <laughs> or something, but I can't help it, man. I don't know how to articulate what the hell is happening that takes me over this time of year, but it's all I can think about. Everything comes out my mouth. She's like, is it about deer? I'm like, what the fuck else am I going to talk about right now? Of course yeah. it's about deer. If I go to a party and there's nobody there that's talking about deer, like my wife looks at me and she's like, okay, we'll leave. I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with it. Um, it's, it's you, the, Arkansas. I mean, so it's, it's such a really, they do, uh, they do the deer widows. Like every bar, like books, like male strippers. This oh, time of year. Oh, it's here. And, and like, they call so it the Chippendales are at at the at the the honky tonks all over the place down here during the during deer season. But the funny thing is, it's like it, it's full of just dudes still wearing their camouflage that are going 
because they think girls are going to be there. So it's like a bunch of dudes in the Chippendales <laughs> day wearing Sitka camouflage. But uh, yeah, it's it's something wrong with the scene. I mean. No, it's uh, I've seen it a million times because all the bros go like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" It's like, "Well, no, dude, I'm not into you. Like, my real man is actually out hunting, so I'm I'm good." Oh yeah, uh, the deer <laughs> widow stuff. But yeah, my my wife, uh, she said she would never marry a hunter, and she did. Yeah, uh, but she she was like, "Well, you weren't you weren't as big into hunting then." I was like, "I was broke, I was broke when you met me. I couldn't get into it." But, uh, <laughs> going all the time yeah i don't think we're at where i'm gonna go with all this stuff based on all the stuff i'm trying to build here and all these invitations i gotta make good on you know so it's like well in the coming years i plan on traveling well uh, hey come come down so you you can kill some hog and and i'll check with uh i'll call my my warden buddy i don't think that you have to have any kind of crazy tags to hunt hogs here um i think they'll willingly let you do it but i'll i'll check that get it all lined out and uh Again, you'll have a place to stay. But you can buy that whenever and it's cheap. So it's like, yeah, Yeah. our Mm -hmm. over the counter tags are, uh, they're well within. And then, you know, you can, you come down, I'll hook you up with uh, one of my big duck hunting buddies. We'll, we'll, we'll run the gamut, man. You'll, you'll kill a hog, a deer, shoot some ducks, drink a whole bunch of beer and tell some war stories. It's good stuff. Well, Hey, I'm going to end the live broadcast. And uh, for the folks that were jumping in the comments, thank you. The call line dropped off. I didn't have a chance to call back into it to open it back up. So I apologize. Uh, I think I owe the few calls I took in the month of September, some free stuff. So I got those cataloged. I'll get on that for next week when Greg and Derek are back on the show and like guys and gals, don't forget to call into the show so you can win some swag. We got some new stuff dropping. Uh, We just ordered our, uh, my tag, my hunt stickers, but we are running limited runs on them because we don't have any money for the record. Uh, but we're doing Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, Michigan and Pennsylvania are the two most commented States when we ask everyone to comment where they're hunting at. So that's, what we're going to start with. And if they sell, if you guys from Michigan and Pennsylvania buy these things, we'll be able to fund the next round of getting a couple more States, um, and trying to do one for every state of, you know, if we can. So that's that. Otherwise, we got new camel hats just hit the store this last week. Giant. <laughs> well, this is a country. It's a giant small antler. It's our little antler, but it's like really large print format uh, on the camel hat. So if you need a camel hat that, you know, I think the intention there when we we're thinking about it is, well, it's camouflage. So you can use it in the woods because this ain't. And the blaze orange antler is pretty large. So if you drop it, you could probably find it. So that's kind of the... Good thinking. Yeah, good thinking. I don't know the design. The designer in me is like, I don't like the way that it, it looks from a design standpoint aesthetically, but it's got a lot of function. So there you go. Uh, yeah, here we are bashing my own freaking product, my own damn idea. I think it's a great hat, man. Great <laughs> hat. <laughs> All right, well, good, good. Anyway, uh, I'll end the live broadcast. Jared, I'll hang out with you for a minute here. Everyone that tuned in, this will be live podcast land tonight. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Y'all come come hunt, come hunt Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sweat your asses off down there, too. There you go. What's going on, y'all? This is Deers and Beers, and I just want to shout out to the listeners from Bluebell, Pennsylvania, Millville, New Jersey, Two Rivers, Wisconsin, and Rutland, Massachusetts. Go get them this year, boys.
Those are our friends at Deers and Beers with the listener shout out. I've been bad at getting them the cities that are making up the 1% of our listenership. So I just gave like four different cities to do all at once. Uh, I should have prefaced that they should have been drinking four different beers for that, not cracking one single one. But if you hadn't been heard of Deers and Beers on Instagram, it's a great page to go follow. Uh, announcements, uh, like I mentioned, I think at the end of the interview with Jared, we just launched a new design campaign or a collection, or you want to call it my tag, my hunt. So we're doing it by a state and, uh, we believe it is your tag and it is your hunt. And therefore someone else shouldn't dictate or say, or get to tell you what to do with your tag and your hunt. They can go kick rocks. They can go do whatever they want to do with their hunt. They don't got to tell you what to do with yours. And you should be proud of the deer that you shoot and own up to it. I put out a video recently on social that talked about my rant of stop using the phrase. It's not the stop using the phrase. It's not the biggest buck. But look, if you shot it, it was the biggest buck that you felt like shooting and be proud of it. Just take that sentence out of your post and just be like, this is the buck I got. I'm super proud of it. Own that. Respect that animal. If that's the animal you shot, don't diminish it. So that's what I got to say about that. I'm really hopped up on it because I saw like four stinking posts that said that type of thing. And it just, it's just disheartening because we're, we're kind of prefacing. And I've done it before in the past. And I realized that that's ridiculous. Now, I'm not bashing anybody that's shooting large deer. Hell, I'm trying to shoot a large deer. But I'm telling you, man. If a spike bug walks by and I have my bow in my hand, I'm out, you know, five miles on some public property, I might get really freaking excited and shoot it. And you're damn right if I post it, if I'm willing to post on social media, I am not going to use the phrase, it's not the biggest, but I'm going to own up to that. So that's all. Own it and just be proud of what you got. It's your tag. It's your hunt. Shoot what you want with it. Hunt how you want. Um, we're going to issue... A lot of these tags to OKS hunters that want them. And by that, I mean they're going to buy these stickers from us. But it might go on some other things like shirt designs and, and can openers or bottle openers, can openers, maybe can koozies is what I meant to say. So all sorts of fun stuff there. Uh, additionally, we are gearing up to do an event at the end of August of 2022. So a lot more details are going to need to come to fruition for that event. I'm just kind of mentioning it now to plant the seed uh, but it's going to be called Foam Fest. Play on words because it's at a brewery, Hubbleton Brewing here in Hubbleton, Wisconsin, which is just outside of Waterloo. And, you know, we're going to be killing nothing but foam because we're shooting at foam 3D targets. So Greg is going to be leading on building up that course, working with the ownership uh, at Hubbleton Brewing to use their property to put these targets out. We're going to be looking at getting a food truck there, getting a keg. Uh, all shooting will happen before any drinking. And then afterwards, we are looking forward to hanging out with a bunch of folks that want to come to this event. It will be a paid event, so we can cover our costs on targets and food and beer uh, and things of that nature. But expect merch and maybe some sponsorship, giveaway, partnerships, and things of that nature as we plan it all out. So we have time on our side at the moment, less than a year. So if you're interested in that, uh, stay tuned for more. We'd be looking forward to having a lot of the folks that are in this community and listenership attend to meet you all in person. For our first year, we're probably going to cap it at 50 people because we've never done this before. So we want to kind of cut our teeth here and, and make sure it's a success and start small before it opens up to some extra large thing that we can't maintain out of the gate. 
So that's kind of a fun announcement. Other than that, uh, Greg and Derek are out hunting tonight. They didn't call into the show, so I don't suspect that they got anything, but I haven't heard anything just yet. And uh, I'm trying to go out and hunt at least once per week if I can do it, maybe twice if it will allow. But I do have some PTO at the end of October and early November uh, to try to get it done. So nothing else, I'll lean back on my PTO and try to really make some bigger moves. Hope everybody has a great night. Uh, we did drop new camouflage hats on our website. So if you if you need a camo hat for the field and you want to represent OKS Hunter, uh, jump on over there, take a look, scoop it up, and uh, we'll get that shipped out right away. All right, guys, gals, thanks for tuning in. Stay okay. Never pass on that shooter buck. It's your tag. You hunt how you want.